0: Tonight we'd like to look at the subject of to have respect of persons is not good. And it's appropriate that we go to prayer even as we commence this this evening's ministry. Let's pray. Loving Father, we do pray for the ministry of your word to our hearts tonight. Direct our thinking, clear distractions from our mind. Father, may we see what the ministry is from thee this evening. And, Father, may it reach forth through our hearts. Take your word and use it accordingly. Um, may it be edifying to saints. And, Father, may souls that are lost and undone before a holy God, may they be brought to a saving relationship with Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That subject of respect of persons is not good. I, I've seen it in society, I've seen it in life, I've seen it nationally. Uh, Margaret and I were recently over in Central Europe and while we were there, um, we had opportunity in Poland um, to go to Auschwitz and that place of um, concentration camp and extermination of Jews and Poles and other members of the community, it was just a tragic reminder of the atrocities that Uh, man can commit upon man and that how um, a man, Adolf Hitler, can take a philosophy of respect of persons and target aspersion group with partiality and proceed in those pathways. But it was a tragic reminder, but yet it's not just there, it's in the justice system where the countenance of a person's face counts more than the issue that's at stake, the issue that is before the courts of law or the effect of a bribery or some piece of supplement that has come. On your outline, it says to have respect of persons is not good. For, for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. We might look at that and think, Pastor Chrissy, there's a typo here. It's four four. The four is repeated, but that's the word of God that's what it's there for, and that's what it says. The first four is a conjunction, just joining the second part with the first. And the four, the second four is a preposition, introducing the whole principle of a piece of bread. And so it's really saying to have respect of persons is not good for or because for a piece of bread that man will transgress. And sometimes for a bribe, that man will transgress. And we're going to look later on at, from the scriptures, God's principles of judgment that he has decreed. Because God is aware of this very principle to have respect of persons is not good. For, for a piece of bread that man will transgress. And for a purpose, for a benefit, for a favor, we will look at someone, they might be on our team, They might do something good back to us, so we favor that one. We see it in the schoolyard, and in my years of working in schools, I've seen it, and we've had to work through that dynamic, that social dynamic with many families and with children. With families, the one sibling is treated in another way and another sibling not so. It can happen, or siblings with siblings, it can be That there's a, the outward countenance is viewed so strongly that there's that respect of persons on that basis rather than upon the principle or out of love and care for another person. It's dynamic. It can happen with cliques, it can happen in the workplace. And it can be that we can reject someone because of their ethnicity or their color or their gender. We can have attitudes that will flare up in our mind and we say, Lord, where am I going on this, that I'm at this place? And if that child or that person is not demonstrating that they're cool, then they're put out in that um, wayward basket and they're left alone and oftentimes destitute. God said to Samuel, when there was the selection of David to be king, that the brothers of Jesse, the sons of Jesse, I mean, were brought forward before Samuel. And it came forth from Samuel that God was saying through Samuel that man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh upon the heart. And that's where it, came to Daniel we've got to see past that and to see that to have respect of persons is not good it's not good that word means it's not fair it's not kind it's not precious it's not pleasant it's not sweet it's not good God is saying later on it comes out to a point of condemnation of that having respect of persons but it's not good In fact, it's bad, it destroys, it damages, it hurts. If you are partial or you have an attitude towards a certain person that you're going to um, push them aside and count them as a lesser person than another. That use of the word respect in the scriptures is used in two ways. And it can be a respect of a person in a high sense, and it can be of God. There's respect unto the Holy One of Israel. There's respect unto the God of heaven, because you are looking with a scrutiny or an ultimate care and reverence to acknowledge and to esteem the very Holy One of Israel. We read of respect unto the commandments, respect unto the law, there was respect, reading in Hebrews recently of Moses and his storyline, that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt because, because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He revered the reward in heaven. He, he saw that ultimate goal and that was the respect and that place. So you can favour, esteem, respect, revere the word of God, the commandments, God's statutes, the Holy One of Israel. It's it's pointing towards God but it's used in these references to look intently with ultimate disregard, rejection, to ignore, to be strange toward and That's the meaning of this respect of persons that we'll be looking at today, to look at a person with disregard and rejection and on what grounds that is done towards those ones. There'll be an outline of principle of judgment, then the principle in God's dealing with believers, principle in church behavior, then the principle in God's dealings with the unsaved. But in respect to judgment, if you could please turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter one and verse 16 and 17. We read of that which was laid down for the children of Israel. And it was from God that these laws were laid down and these were the principles that were to be applied by judges. And I charged your judges at that time saying hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. You shall not respect persons in judgment but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's, and the cause that is too hard for thee, bring it unto me and I will hear it." And Moses was conveying this principle from God that if these delegates who were going to be appointed to be the judges, because Moses had been confronted with that what he was doing was too much, And these delegates, these judges needed to be appointed. And they were there to fulfill a role. And they were to judge righteously. They were to hear the small as well as the great, and they were not to be afraid of the face of man. The judgment was God's. And they were not to have respect of persons. They were to judge righteously, accordingly, not on the base basis of outward appearance. If you could please turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 16 verses 18 and 19 and this goes further as we read of the judges in the gates. Judges and officers shalt thou make thee in all thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee throughout thy, thy tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. So God is saying that this whole principle, and it's through Moses, because Moses is conveying that message from God, that a judge is not to respect persons, neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. It will blind that one's eyes. It's like that verse that's on your notes to have respect of persons is not good for, for a piece of bread that man will transgress. And that man will transgress if there's favour, if there's benefit, if there's privilege that will come his way. That's why there's been royal commissions of late. That's been, there's been an uproar of late. That's why there's distress when innocents are judged against because there's been bribery, there's been favors that have been bestowed. And it's not based on the principle involved, it's been based upon the favor of man and they've looked upon the face of a man and it might be one on his team, or one on his party, or one that's a colleague, or one that's a friend, or one that's going to bestow a favor, or one that's going to give a gift. That's why they say for governors in organizations, in a board, they are not to receive benefits. And if there's a conflict of interest, if there's a person with whom they might show a favor, They should abstain, they should declare that conflict of interest and remove themselves from that position of judgment so that they're not making a decision that has been influenced by the relationship with that person or the basis of what they've received from that person. They've got to declare what is factual and what is uh, basic, but God's principle is there's not to be res- respect to persons. It's gotta be just and a judge, otherwise a person's eyes will be blinded. Um, for, for you, um, you do it for bread, and that can happen in the schoolyard as well. That can happen in the workplace, that can happen in society. Um, people can be bribed to make a certain decision or to move in a certain way and we need to say, Lord, keep me from that, that I may stand strong for you, Lord, on the basis of principle because of righteousness sake. I want my life to be for the Lord, not on the basis of respect of persons. Principle of God's dealing with believers. And if we could look first at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 17. And in this portion we read, those great momentous verses concerning the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot and our salvation. But in this portion we read about the holiness of God and how in verse 15, the challenge to believers from God through Peter is so you be holy in all manner of conversation that is in all manner of life because it is written be ye holy for I am holy that's God. God is saying that holiness is there and your principle of life is to be following that pathway of holiness and if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear And that's why we understand that a man's work is not going to gain his entry into the kingdom of heaven. If I asked on what basis will you enter into heaven? And you say, Pastor Christy, I can list a a, a number of things that I've done for righteousness, for my neighbour, for benefit, for society, for community in my life. But God has been saying that it's been through the precious blood of Christ that we have our salvation. It's not through things that we have done. It's not by our works of righteousness. It's by the precious blood of Christ that we have salvation. It's not by God's respect of this person, Ron Christie, that I enter into heaven. It's because of his merit. It's his shed blood. It's the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary's tree that I have my salvation and for me it's a matter of coming by faith and believing in Christ for salvation and I trust you can see that it's not God's not showing respect of persons that he looks down and he looks um, favorably upon that person because of his looks or her looks or the countenance of that one's face it's the heart of man And it's that faith response that comes from that man that is received by God. Because our salvation is not in the merit that we have done, it's not in our person, it's in what Christ has done. It's his salvation. It's that which he has provided. We've been born again with incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You can't claim salvation because your parents were Christians. You can't claim salvation because of those good things that you've done. It's a matter of faith in Jesus Christ and that's where we are counted before God as one who has believed in Jesus Christ and that is the entry into heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If we could please also look at Ephesians chapter six and verses seven and nine. Ephesians six, verses seven to nine. We read concerning brethren, in chapter six we read of the church of Jesus Christ and in chapter six, children obey your parents, verse one. We read of ye fathers in verse 4, servants in verse 5. In verse 6 we read, "'Not with eye service as men pleasers, "'but as the servants of Christ, "'doing the will of God from the heart, "'with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, "'knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, "'the same shall he receive of the Lord, "'whether he be bond or free,' And ye masters do the same things unto them for bearing threatening, knowing that your Father also which is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. With believers, God does not show respect of persons and he's saying to us it should be the same. It should be the same. We should treat people because of their response, because of their heart, because of their life, and we should leave threatening and we should deal with them righteously, whether they be bond or free. And if there are certain status, well, so be it. If they're of a lower status, so be it. But we are to treat them as persons. And God is saying it's without respect of persons. It comes back to the heart. Regardless of status in life or what one may have done to claim salvation, but Colossians chapter three, verses twenty-two and twenty-five. Servants, obey in all things; your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye services men please, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which we have done, and there is no respect of persons. So God is saying here again to these believers that for him there's no respect of persons. The, The person shall be judged for the work that that one has done the responses and the reactions of that person. We will all stand accountable before God. We'll all need to stand as believers before the judgment seat of Christ. It comes back to where we are and as our responses, our reactions, it's not the person who's going to gain a status with God. It comes back to the heart response and the life that responds to that gospel message concerning Jesus Christ. You could please turn with me to um, James chapter 2, verses 2 to 9, because this is a principle in the church of not having respect of persons. And it's in that context of respect of persons. Verse 2 of James chapter 2 For if they come unto you into your assembly, a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, that is the bright good clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in your thoughts, in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which we have promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not the rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfil the whole royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. If ye have respect of persons, ye commit sin. I remember 20 years ago, one of the brethren took in a homeless man, it was maybe 20, 25 years ago. And I still remember Novak. He was found by this security officer in the city, um, homeless, and, and he took Novak in and Novak was here in the church, maybe for some weeks. And I'm just so grateful that he was respected and revered and acknowledged and not sit here at my footstool or stand thou there. And to others who might come in with bright clothing with the gold ring, sit thou here. Brethren, we have to be careful that there's no It's not the outward appearance that counts, it's the heart. We've gotta get back to that response. It's not the respect of persons, and we can judge a person because of that outward frame. I I went through a challenging situation about a year ago. I was asked to meet with a man who had been living with a girl, and they would have a baby, and then they lost the baby, and he was distressed, he was distraught, and I was asked to to meet this man. So I met met with him and without a word of a lie, the, the tattoos were right up his arm, right up this arm, round the neck, up up into the, the facial area, and and I, I I found it confronting. Can I say confronting? And I I have to say, Lord, may I look past that outward frame, may I look past that outward frame, and see the person, the heart, the soul. And we talked about the distress, and I, I followed up again later, and then he, he drifted away, and I don't know where this man is now. But, but i trust you can see what i mean that if there's a person that is the outward appearance may be what somewhat confronting or poor or in disarray or we we have to be careful that we don't judge a person on the outward appearance instead of looking at the heart it's a matter of looking at the heart then god is not a respecter of persons it's it's got to come back to the heart We've got to see the soul of a man and say, Lord, how can I reach this soul, this person, this man, this individual for Christ? And I just trust that in a church too, that in this world in which we are today, there might be people of different backgrounds who might come into our assembly. And, and it's a matter that we have to say, Lord, may I look past the outward and see the person. I still remember the day, and I learned a huge lesson out of this. I learned a huge lesson out of this. I had a friend with a a wheelchair, and one day this person was linking up with someone at an airport. And they said, how will you identify the person and I said, oh, you know that person because he's in a wheelchair. And some months later, oh, they linked up, they caught up. And this friend who was very close to me at the time, one night, over a coffee, we talked and the hour had gone on. <laughs> and then that person just quietly said to me, if you ever introduce me, I, I'm not the person in the wheelchair. I'm 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 so and so. And I've I've thought afterwards how do I describe the person I'm colour blind, so hair, eye colour, all those things go. But I I I think okay, I I've got to describe that person in another way but not bring in the analogy of the wheelchair. And now whenever I'm talking to a person in a wheelchair or with some sort of impairment or some sort of structure, I don't look at the impairment or that, I look at the person because it's the person that you have to see, not the external. I trust you can see what I mean. It's not. The the respect of persons on the outward frame, it's the person on the inward, it's the heart response that we need to see. And say, Lord, help me to deal with the person at stake. And the same with the church. In this example, in James chapter two, you fulfill the royal law, verse eight, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself you do well. You do well if you respond to that person in love and see them as a person in love accordingly. Just finally, principle in God's dealing with the unsaved, if we could please turn to Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. We read there of Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God is saying through Peter that God is no respecter of persons and that people from every nation who feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with God. One who comes to that faith in Christ, in righteousness, is going to be received. And it doesn't matter about what nation they're from. For the Jew, and if you read the earlier part of Acts chapter 10, even verses 14 and 15, but Peter said, Not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And God was dealing with Peter because he'd had this vision. He'd gone to Joppa. He was to see Cornelius, he was to witness to Cornelius. But Peter was saying, But he's unclean, he's unclean, he's not a Jew. He's unclean, he's not a Jew. And it came down to a racial, ethnic issue that he had discounted and he was common, he was unclean. And yet the Lord had to deal with Peter that he was to go forth and to receive verse 28 of Acts chapter 10. And he said unto them, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation, but God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. I, I should not call any man common or unclean. And it's sad that even with racial issues that are happening throughout the globe at the moment, that there's so much of that happening at the moment where we have to deal with individuals and pray for souls individually to be accepted and to come to Christ um, of a truth. We have to be careful that we don't blacklist someone or rule someone out, or ostracise them, or treat them unfavourably, because of a mindset that we have. We're not to be a respecter of persons. We need to judge righteously, and we need to be open to what the Lord would be saying accordingly. In Romans chapter 10, we read um, of this thought and This is the verse in closing. <laughs> I, I, I was turning to Acts 10 and saying, this is it. Uh, brethren, my apologies. I'm not going to be the preacher who's saying, oh, there's one more, one more. Uh, uh, Romans 10, verse 10, for with the heart man believeth under righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whether it's that poor man or rich man, whether it's that great man or small man, whether it's that rich man or bond, or whether it's that male or female, the gospel is there. The gospel's got to go forth. And we pray for souls to be saved, that God is willing for it's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and it's not with God it's not about being a respecter of persons um, favorably or it's looking at the heart response of a person um, concerning Jesus Christ and that's what we need to see and if you're here tonight and you might be from a Christian family That's not what provides you salvation. It's by personal faith in Jesus Christ where you believe the gospel of Christ, that he died upon that cross for your sins and that you come by faith and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. He died, he was buried, he rose again the third day and it was all for the purpose that we might have life and that we might have salvation. He that believeth not... Um, hath not the son of God but he that believeth then we know that that one's faith has been placed in Christ and in Christ alone partiality respect of persons is condemned by God it's contrary to his holy character we saw through the scriptures there tonight it's contrary to his holy character It forsakes the truth for selfish gain because if we, for a slice of bread or a bribe or some huge favor, make a decision that's going to bring about even greater consequences that may be untoward, we need to realize that, woo, I need to step back and do that which is right to the glory of God. We're not to despise a man for whom Christ died. Read James 2 again and it talks about how you've judged the poor man. Um, We've wrongly judged that one. We, We come out with judgments without knowing. Judgments based on an appearance without knowing the heart or the background or the story or that which pertaineth to that person. It's got to come back to the heart, the heart of man. Grateful stories like the woman of Samaria. She'd had five husbands and the one she was with was not a husband, but Christ met with her and talked and at the well and ministered accordingly. And it wasn't always understood because the Jews were not meant to be with the Samaritans. But again, with Christ, that whole racial um, prejudice was put aside and the gospel was for all. We call none unclean and the gospel is there for those who believe. I trust that you've believed in the gospel tonight, that you know Jesus Christ as your savior from sin because you might say, but God would not accept me, but God is willing to accept you we can all come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I trust that you will. And for believers, I pray that we can go forth from here, understanding that God is saying, respect of persons is not good. It's not right. It's not favourable. It's not loving it's not kind, respect of persons is not good. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Loving Father, we do pray that we may go forth in life with an attitude that we don't want to be a respecter of persons, but we want to see the heart of a man and reach forth to uh, see that one, one to a saving knowledge of Christ, Father, may we not be steered away by the face of a man. It can be confronting at times. But yet, just pray, Father, for um, courage, stamina, to boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ and pray that you would give that endurance and that ministry accordingly. But, Father, just pray for any in our midst who may not know Jesus Christ as Savior from sin, We're thankful for the truth of scripture that Christ came and that he shed his precious blood on Calvary's tree and whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Father, I just pray that tonight someone may call upon the Lord and acknowledge a sinful heart, sinful condition and acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Father, pray that that one would be willing to speak afterwards and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we pray. We commit this evening to thee now in Jesus' name. Amen.